This is Radio Free Istvan. The following public service announcement is direct from the Praetorian. Do not look directly at the Black God machines. Any dreams of paradise should be duly ignored and combat stims taken immediately. Remember, all defectors will be shot on sight. Emperor protects. What's going on, Radio Free Fan listeners, and welcome to episode 171 of the Radio Free Fan podcast, a horse heresy wargaming podcast. My name is Michael. I've got my co-host Derek here. Let's say what's going on, Derek. Hey, how's it going, everybody? And welcome to the heavy support squad episode. Let's do it. Of Radio for Instaman. So just a heads up on this, if you weren't aware, this is the heavy support episode, heavy support squad episode. We did this with the assault squad episode, uh, as well. We did it with mm-hmm. the assault squad. And the way this works, guys, is going to be a two-part episode. We're going to give our feedback on heavy support squads on this episode. And then on next episode, which will be episode 172, we will get your feedback. We will, you can give that to us over the... Uh, uh, the Discord, you can leave us a message on Facebook, you can call in, leave us a voicemail with how we're wrong, everything like that. Uh, but just a heads up, this is the part one of the Heavy Support Squad. It is the plan for this episode. Oh yeah. Before we get into that, we did want to have a, a few announcements. We do have a, I want to kind of get a little bit of a breakdown from you, Derek, on uh, how Warzone went and things like that. Yeah. And then uh, also we have a voicemail before we get into it. Hell yeah. So. Uh, Love to see it. So what you'd like first? Would you like to give us a quick breakdown of Warzone or would you like uh, to? Yeah, I could just do a quick rundown. Uh, I've got probably going to do a little bit more next episode just to kind of just do uh, broad strokes for now. Just not trying to step on too many toes with the heavy support and kind of give them their full due. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, this past weekend I was in Houston for Warzone Houston and I uh, had a great time. Uh, got to see a lot of good people I don't get to see too often. Uh, John was down from the Heresy Accountability Buddies. Good seeing him. Uh, Brett came down from Canada. Hadn't seen him since War Games Camp, so that was a good time. He went to all the Buckies. Oh, yeah. Just every, every single one from here to there. But uh, yeah, had some great games with some some great folks at a good time. I had, uh, you know, like as I was packing stuff up to head up there, I grabbed my uh, Ragnar Blackmane that I painted up for the monthly painting competition. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe I decide to get silly. Maybe I leave this over at the, the painting competition table and see what happens. And sure enough, I did. And uh, they put them in the silver category. So I ain't mad at that. <laughs> this thing got quite a bit of votes in our, inside of our Discord. <laughs> Let me go ahead and throw him up. He looked great. Yeah. And having him standing in front of that other Ragnar, oh, even better. Yeah, I got a picture of uh, him in front of the modern Ragnar Blackmane. And it just kind of looks like a like the meme of like the guy turning around. Kind of. Well, like just the composition of it. It was just like, it looked like the new Ragnar was about to throttle mine. For being placed in front of him in the display cabinet. <laughs> You're sorry, I couldn't see you behind my two banners. <laughs> my massive banners. Perhaps if you had some of your own, you'd be a lot more visible. <laughs> if you could show off your <laughs> massive banners, please bring them forward. Oh, you don't have any? You weren't supplied any banners? Just that be rock? Lot, be a lot cooler if you did. <laughs> I see why they gave you the rock, because you don't have any banners. So people yeah. can't really see you back there. 
Yeah. I, the other Ragnar was painted very well. I just, I just like making jokes, you know? Yeah. Yeah, these are jokes, people. It's okay. <laughs> well, that's, man, that's exciting, dude. I'm glad. I actually saw quite a lot of our local people brought home quite a bit of prizes there. We sure did. Proud of, proud of our local folks. Uh, John Rich got best painted by, uh, by professional judge. Locker got best painted by votes because uh, John Richards is qualified from that for getting best painted by, uh, by professional. Excellent, excellent. Uh, uh, Cross had also got a silver medal for one of his Angrons he had done put in there. Um, Matt had that bomber, that Marauder destroyer. Oh, I didn't even see that. Yeah, Matt Matt got a got an award for his Marauder destroyer and his dreadnought that was like ripping a homie apart. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. His uh, his warlord for his fury of the ancients. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I saw that he like just come out and said, "Hey, by the way, I've been working on a bunch of planes. I didn't tell nobody about." Yeah, I actually three uh, D modeled uh, the rear of that Marauder bomber. Nice or Marauder destroyer, uh, but he wouldn't tell me what it was for. He just told me what he needed <laughs> and the dimensions that it needed to be. I designed it up, modeled it up, put it all together, sent him to him to print, and he told me never talk about it again. I actually <laughs> forgot about it until I was like, oh, you won something? And I was like, wait, I know that. <laughs> I was like, yeah, this is exactly what it was for. That's compartmentalization. <laughs> exactly. So, like, for real, like, if, if you think that uh, we landed on the moon, I could be like, yeah, I worked on that. I had no idea that existed. <laughs> you know, I just knew I had a project. I had a government project I was in charge of and completely forgot I worked on it. Hell yeah. Uh, they also gave me hobby exemplar for all my all, helping out with playtesting missions and giving feedback on those. Uh, helping like Cody and Locker with terrain and stuff on the lead up there. What does that mean, hobby, hobby exemplar? Uh, just kind of like, so I, I'm still not 100% what it is. It's just kind of like, I guess, doing doing cool stuff for the community, applying my skills to help everybody Helping out when I didn't have to. Did you get a cool thing? I did get a cool thing. I got a set of uh, Warhammer 40K ITC com- compliant terrain from Rexer's Lasers. Oh, nice. So it's like uh, everything you need to put a full table that meets the ITC like format. Okay. You said Warhammer 40K and then it kept going. I thought you were going to say like set of cooking utensils. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't get it's got the utensils. A little, that it's, a, it's a little power fist for a spoon. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like a cup power fist hand. Let's say you can get you can ladle your spoons, and then like a man that'd be dope. A, a tyranid like claw for one of those like pasta spoons, just like a like an orc power claw like tongs. Yeah, orc power claw tongs. Yeah, what would the what would the spatula be? Ooh, I'm sure there's something super obvious that we're missing. Oh, dude, somebody was like, it's you sh- this. You, you should yell that into your phone because we'll hear our it. voicemail. Uh, 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 nope, can't hear it. Well, we'll never know. Damn, must must not be anything then. Must not be important. But yeah, I uh, got that. There's also some more prize support. John uh, thrown in like some of the accountability buddies posters, and uh, there's some stuff I'd gotten for getting the silver category. I think they said they're mailing me like a dry brush palette. Mm. Yeah, I didn't know they made. Uh, it's like like a either a paint palette or just like a a group of dry brushing pa- pigments. I'm not sure what they mean by palettes. I'm excited to find out when that comes in. Uh, so people make palettes now where it's like uh, instead of you doing your dry brush on the paper towel, which is like mm-hmm. classic method, they actually make uh, dry brush palettes now, which are like like somebody made one in our in our Discord. So where like they, the opposite of a wet palette? 
Yeah, well, they threw down, like, all of their spare bits. Like, they had, like, a bunch of spare bits. They put a bunch of PVA glue down, and they glued all those bits onto an actual, like, base. Or, like, basically, they did that inside of a, uh, a tackle box. Okay. And so they opened that up. They spray-painted that with a primer. And so when then they take their dry brush, and when they have paint on it, they hit it on all those bits, like heads and oh, shoulders okay. so and arms. so you can see when it's got exactly the right amount of paint? Yes, Hell yeah. It's cool. It's wild. Nice. Who knew that well, this is where we were? But yeah, they uh, they showed that off. It was wild. It was like, that's a lot of bits. <laughs> nice. I'm excited to add that to my arsenal. So that, but they'll probably, it's probably like a bunch of like different shapes and like different, uh, like that's what the more like realistic ones are. They're like, you know, like triangles and like ridges and all the stuff that you, okay. dr- you dry brush over. So, just so you can kind of get a gauge for when it's just right. Yep. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, that uh, Mega Battle had a good time. Uh, Friday, I was just wiped just from everything like leading up to this that week. Mm-hmm. And so I actually missed out on a really good time. They had Primark Thunderdome, and it was like WWE themed. Oh, nice. So they were pulling out all the stops with like all sorts of like wrestling tech. Or it's like you could just like pick up Primarks and huck them. Uh, they did it Royal Rumble style. So they rolled off for initiative to figure out who had, like, what placement you were. So when you showed up. So there's one Primark, and then another one shows up and does his wrestling entrance and jumps in. And then after a turn, uh, the next Primark shows up and gets added to the Rumble, so on and so forth down the line. And uh, <laughs> Alex was playing Kurz. He's like, oh, dude, can Kurz just, like, pop up and, like, the lights go out, and then the lights come back on, and Kurz is just there, like the Undertaker? Like, Hell yeah, he can. What are you stupid? <laughs> of course he can do that. <laughs> that that seems like a very curse thing. Undertaker style. Wait, and if you had his music playing too with curse, even better. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure they did. Uh, it sounded like everybody had a fantastic blast doing that. Uh, I regret missing it, but I was absolutely wiped. And if I had tried to stay, I was gonna fall over. <laughs> well, that's good. I'm, I'm glad you're. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you didn't die there. And. So it looks like you're getting plenty of water now and <laughs> rehydrating. Oh. oh, yeah. I don't know if it comes across in the audio, but uh, my sinuses and my throat have just been confunk. Yep. That's that concred, baby. I did not have enough vitamin C on the way up there, so now I'm trying to catch up with uh, Flintstone, gu- Flintstone gummies. <laughs> I'm just eating them like M&Ms at this point. And then just chugging water until I feel like I'm going to throw up. Yeah, I really hope uh, all the cat hair you're about to inhale from red is really going to help out your allergies as well. Oh, yeah, the clock's ticking. <laughs> <laughs> she sees you. Like, when she sees you're here, she comes straight to this room and uh, gets ready for petting times. Oh, yeah. I, I like to think that I kind of figured out the, the body body language that cats really respond to. Uh-huh. And it uh, doesn't work with Thena yet. No. I'll get her. Thena does not have uh, she's not a cat. <laughs> Look at that. See, she's licking you. Give me the I, don't think, I don't think I've ever been licked by Red. <laughs> so you should feel special right now. <laughs> I bet you say that to everybody. <laughs> just want to make everybody feel super special. But no, I had a great time. Uh, it was a pretty cool event. They had, uh, so they actually had matchups. Like they had a spreadsheet that they like had auto-populate matchups. Oh, nice. People. So it wasn't just, hey, go find somebody, grab somebody and get a table. Yeah. So I really appreciated that. I like I think with all the work that went into it, it meant I didn't have to worry about figuring out who I'm playing. If I had like somebody I wanted to play, like they were open to that, and then they could uh, adjust stuff as they needed to. 
Or it's like, hey, let me play somebody who's not like super good because I don't have like a great list. Or hey, let me, I brought I brought something I'm trying to test. Let me let me get some some matchups in here. They were open to feedback on that. They were able to kind of put their thumb on the scale where they needed to. It sounds like a powerful Seth. That's exactly how Seth does it, man. Yeah, like that man can read an event. He can read how people's reaction are. Like he can read like how they're vibing knows when he's got powerful players and like pits them against each other when he sees those like strong players so he'll let them play against each other he'll match them up and then he'll definitely see like oh you're a newer player let me adjust this a little bit it's like on the fly but he can read it like a book dude yeah yeah whatever they did man it worked uh everything went crazy smooth uh i didn't i didn't hear anybody really complaining as you would expect very good yeah, shout out to everybody who went in to make that that whole experience just as great as it was. You included. Yeah. <laughs> Good job, Pavi Exemplar. Oh, 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 okay, me. I thought you were talking about like the the, the listener. Oh, I thought you were talking about like a kid named you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as far as my Ultramarines, I didn't do too great. I did win a couple matchups from like Cheese and the Mission here and there. Okay, okay. But... Uh, so the the basing I've gone with, unfortunately, kind of blew up in my face a little bit. Okay. So I'd applied, it was like a mix of like some fine sand, some baking soda to be extra fine, some larger aggregate from uh, shredded cork, and then pigment powder. A little bit of vinegar. <laughs> I think I tasted egg and cinnamon. And then the baking soda seems to... <laughs> okay, anyway. Uh, so even with a healthy application of the most powerful PVA glue that I know how to use, which is the Eileen's Tacky Glue, it all of the pigment just kind of lifted off periodically throughout the event. So by the time they did like army judging, I look at my guys and it just looks like raw sand glued to regular bases. Oh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> and that's even after like a whole bunch of PVA glue, letting it sit, coming in and trying to seal it with some matte varnish. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Did you seal it? But you did and it still. I, so I sealed it as hard as I could go without blowing it all off. Okay. And yeah, apparently that was not, was not what I needed to do. I needed to do a little more than that. All the pigment that made its way onto the legs to kind of like marry the two together all that was gone by the time, so it just, it literally just looked, to me at least, like I'd glued raw sand to their, their unpainted bases. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Who knew? I don't know if that was just the lighting when they set up. I don't know if that was just kind of the feel after after a long day of gaming. I don't know if that's just comparison after seeing like Lockers, John Ridge, like everybody else's like fantastic-looking armies. They're beautiful, beautiful bases, and you just got sand on. You got, you got <laughs> beach bases. I, 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 I got the playground sandbox base. <laughs> that Which, is, I mean, to be fair, next to John's, like, he had done his space was like running through like ankle high water, and he had splash effects on him, and just yeah, he no, he earned his best. He earned all of his awards he got. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah, I kind of figured that the pigment would just stick, but I guess uh, uh, it needed a little something more than I know to throw in there. Maybe a good baking. I don't know. Just pop it in the oven for a little bit. Pop it in the oven for a little bit. We'll figure it out. We'll, we'll crack the code, Derek. Don't you worry. Or for like I said, for all I know, it could just be a composition thing. Because the the pigment I chose was this like kind of red brown, kind of like like a standard earthy color. Yeah, like cinnamon. 
or exactly. paprika, like, paprika. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just because I think it would make my golds and my blues pop. And yeah, I, yeah. I did get a lot of compliments on my blues. But, yeah, I have not opened them since I packed them up. So I'll have to take another look. Take them back into my studio lighting and see if it was just maybe a lighting issue where I didn't test them in the conditions they were going to be presented in. Mm. So they look good in my studio. And then I take them to this shop and it's like, oh, this is different lighting. I didn't test them in any different <laughs> lighting whatsoever. <laughs> Which is a handy trick for all you painters out there. Um, Have multiple color sources in your multiple temperature sources. If you've got a room with fluorescent lights, go, go, you know, paint them in your studio, see how it looks, and then maybe take them to the other room and see how they look in different lighting. Don't, uh, don't paint under a candle like Derek does and, you know, <laughs> under a old, old timey lantern, old timey gas lantern like Derek does. Hey, we, I've got Edison bulbs. <laughs> and I got a little, Little pedal crank that keeps them powered while I'm painting. <laughs> well, that's cool, dude. I'm glad you had fun. I'm glad you oh, yeah. did well and were acknowledged. That's very awesome, dude. Oh yeah, yeah. They they acknowledged a bunch. Of, like like they they really were uh, as thankful as they could possibly have been to everybody. That's fantastic. I saw the 40k side was explosive as well. Looks like 150 players, all that jazz. Oh yeah, the event was pretty big. I think they're looking at uh, getting, if not getting a new venue. I think there was talk about putting like Heresy in the main room. Oh wow! I'm like, all right, cool. So let me see if I can talk to my dad about borrowing his PA and we get some like strobe lights and just <laughs> some fog machines, and just blow the roof off the place. A t-shirt cannon. <laughs> yeah, a t-shirt cannon. Yeah, no, that is a. Uh... That's super cool. Did you see Colin took first? Mm-hmm. Colin and then Bridges took ninth? Yeah, I did see that. Congratulations, guys. Beautiful, beautiful Bridges and Colin. So, fantastic, dude. That's awesome. Yeah, talked a little bit to the Battletech guys. There was a, They had an Alpha Strike tournament going on. I saw that. I saw Legion was there. Yeah. I saw they were testing out a modern game there. That seemed pretty cool. Which modern game? Uh, I don't know what it was called, but they were like it was. They were doing testing there. Okay, I know the Kill Wager guys were set up again. I don't think it was Kill Wager. Okay, it was like a it was a modern like modern game. Maybe it was Kill Wager, but I don't think it was. Okay, I, I know Kill Wager was there. I don't know if that's what you're talking about though. Yeah, but uh, I saw Sigmar. The, dude, the terrain for Sigmar was pretty to- pretty tight. I don't know if that was just people's display boards or if that was just the tables they had set up. There was like a Slanesh demon world that had this like giant like mirror with the hand coming out of it. It was like a mannequin hand. Oh, wow. <laughs> like I said, I don't know if that was just somebody's dope ass display board that they set when they're playing or if that was like one of the tables. Some dudes are, bro, <laughs> that's my, that's my <laughs> display. <laughs> but yeah, it was a great time. Fantastic, dude. Wow, that's excellent. You want to hear this voicemail? Yeah, give me this voicemail. All right, I think we actually have two. But I don't know what this one is. This is 30 seconds, but there's no transcript, so I don't even know. It could be that uh, could be. lady trying to call the smoke shop again. <laughs> oh. Uh-oh. Okay, nothing's playing. So it must just be 20 seconds of silence on that one. That's unfortunate. Well, uh, if you, listener, have a voicemail, you want to come in... Uh, Please make sure your phone's not muted and give us a call at 361-265-8658. And I'll go straight to our voicemail. You can leave a, mi- a message. I believe you have to three minutes before it cuts you off. Yes. And then uh, you call back and leave a part two. If that is an issue or you don't want to do like international calling, 
You can reach out to us on Facebook, Discord, WarhammerDiscord.com, or just however you want to get in contact with us and send it to us that way, and we'll make it work. We will absolutely make it work without listening to it. And sometimes we have duds where it is an old lady trying to call a smoke shop. That's how you know we don't screen these, because we really just left that in there. Hey, guys, it's Iron Hand Will, uh, Will Frank, was uh, driving down to uh, Warzone Houston, listening to the most recent cast, and listening to John talk about tricks for a hobby, and, and Derek talking about his basing, and I did want to share one of my, uh, my favorite tricks for basing, um, which can give you a nice, uh, crusty, crackled, um, rough-textured look, is I use uh, wood putty or wood filler. Uh, stainable wood filler because you want to be able to paint it. Uh, and then I get, uh, like cheap plastic forks from like, you know, disposable forks from, uh, fast food to use to apply it so I can use the pine for texture. Um, and then throw the fork away because it's going to get covered in wood filler. You let <laughs> that dry, then you paint it whatever color you're going to use. So for example, I've, uh, I've got a bunch of, uh, my iron hands are now done in a Martian base as well as my, uh, knights are done in this. My, getting uh, Martian red uh, from Games Workshop or using whatever color red you want. Paint it all in. Uh, I happen to like the uh, the texture paint because if I left any gaps in the wood filler or whatnot, I can use that to fill it in. And when it'll dry, it'll get a little more texture as well. Once that dries, I hit it with a uh, uh, dry brush of Bestial Flesh, which gives it a nice, beautiful highlight. Uh, the other thing I've done with my demons, paint it black. Go over it with a heavy dry brush of a dark, dark gray. Then go over it with a light dry brush of gray, uh, of a lighter gray. It gives a nice ashen waste look. Uh, the other thing that's really good about that is, um, for my demons, what I do is I, I got the box of skulls from Games Workshop and I put them in that base and so I can paint them. So there's, uh, some, uh, color differentiation in the base and in the case of the demons what I do is one skull for unit one two skulls for unit two <laughs> three skulls for unit three etc and then characters just got a shit ton of uh, skulls on them so it gives a really good effect but again if you want that rafty craggy look uh, wood putty or wood filler let it dry and then paint it whatever works for your army take care guys kiss kiss hug hug thanks Will uh, it was good seeing you at the event bud uh, he did show me those in person and they do that. It does come out great. Uh, I wasn't wanting to paint my bases. I was hoping it would just be something I could just like throw it and go. Yep, yep. For a second, I thought he was about to say, "Oh, a real quick tip I know for doing bases. If you're gonna do that, Derek, make sure to add this, or else all the pigment is just gonna blow off your base immediately." <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting I was that like, too. Damn it! <laughs> I was like, the, the answer is here is on the way. The answer is probably now, like as of this, put it out there. Like it's probably on the way right now. Oh, Somebody listen sure. to this in the future. Uh, if you're listening to this and you have the answer to my problem, three six one two six five eight six five eight, and set me straight. Somebody's gonna be like, "Did you know pigment is actually crushed? Blah, so it doesn't mix well with silica, which doesn't do, you need. Blah, like it's on the way." Well, I know that's one thing that uh, Samson at Black Label Painting talks about mm -hmm. is. Uh, since pigment, it sits on top of the model and it doesn't have a binder going to it. Yeah. No matter how many times you seal it, it's still in essence, if you like zoom in with like a macro lens on it, it's a thing sitting on it. It's going to flake off eventually unless you're doing it in like a recess or an area that people aren't going to like be like fat fingering too much because mm -hmm. he likes using the black pigment for uh, like stubble on faces. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
So people aren't typically grabbing your models and moving them by the head. I am. But yeah, I see what you're saying. I said typically. You're not a typical guy. <laughs> you're special. I test that head glue all the time, baby. <laughs> I wiggle it too. I, I turn it sideways. Oh, you want me to oh, oh, this one's dead? He's <laughs> just too bad. It like you're starting a car. <laughs> too bad. Should have put him on that 40 millimeter base. <laughs> you wouldn't have grabbed on the, the turf so hard. Damn. Right, well. But yeah, I was hoping that with the, uh, I guess the texture of the sand, it would help it out more, but. We'll see. I might end up going back and applying paint to try to get a more controlled color to it. But yeah, uh, like I said, I did like the bases wheel showed off. That technique does look great. I'm, I'm really impressed at the idea that one skull is unit one and two skulls unit two and three skulls unit three. That's pretty yeah. dang impressive. Oh, yeah. That's that next level uh, unit identification. <laughs> I thought, no, no, no. He's got two skulls on it. You don't see that? It's like, God. Dang, that's good. <laughs> I'd be so impressed if I saw that. Like, if I played against that and somebody's like, no, no, see, he's got two skulls on it. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to lose this game. <laughs> Let me just go ahead and give you a best painting. There you go. Yeah, you just you got the win. We know he did. <laughs> I'm going to go and head out. All right. Well, uh, I think that's all I got for Warzone. Uh, until we do a, I guess, more thorough dive into it, which I've been taking notes on my games. So, Excellent. We'll go on an actual deep, deep dive. But for now... I'm not going to get like granular with it, but you know. So, heavy support squads. Who needs them? They're just like us. <laughs> so, heavy support squads. Uh, who can take them? Obviously, it's going to be a, a Legionis Astartes yeah. unit. Uh, your Loyalist and your Traitor Legions can both take this. Sorry for all of you. Uh, Non-Legion players. Yeah, all you non-Legion <laughs> players looking at you. Uh, Solar Ox looking at you. Imperial Militia. Sad, sad demons. Womp, womp. Oh, I'm sorry. They're not out yet. What uh, demons? <laughs> and your uh, uh, your Adeptus Mechanicus or Mechanicum. They get other toys. They get they get way cooler stuff. So, Unless you allied him, there's no way to get it, uh, which really in this case, I think uh, you really consider allying them in at this point because they're, they're a pretty good pickup, to be honest with you. You get a lot of cool stuff for it. So the the big deal, 100 points gets you five guys with heavy bolters. 175 goes up to 10, and then you've got a number of options for their guns. Uh, the main one that a lot of people are uh, having issues with, just tearing up their local meta, is going to be the Laz Cannons for a 10-point-a-guy upgrade. 275 points gets you 10 guys with Laz Cannons, and not a lot your opponent can do about it. Yeah, really, guys, on this one... Um Definitely the heavy support squad is, it takes up a heavy slot on this. So it's going to be a heavy support choice, which has always been the contested spot within a, a Horus Heresy. It's hotly contested. It's a hotly contested spot. It definitely, in the past, there's always seen people fighting for that, especially, you know, you've got Leviathan Dreadnoughts in there. You've got oh, yeah. some some kind Whirlwind of Scorpions, Spartans, Sakarans, yeah, Sakarans. Spartan as well. Like all of these different items that the Charybdis are aim bad. Staples in Horus Heresy are now fighting over that spot. And the fact that you see something we did not see last edition, you see a heavy support squad coming out should really say something. And yeah. taking the spots, I mean, essentially you're looking at something that is, I would rather have this over a Sakaran. I would rather have this over a 
uh, you know, a, a Spartan or, a, you know, a Charybdis, a Leviathan. It says quite a bit about where it is. And some, and some players, they're even taking, you know, two of these squads in there, right? Yeah. So what really makes these guys, like, new, like, like just running away with it this edition is two things. 275 points, and that's for the most expensive guns you can give them. That's pretty cheap. That's 10 points of last cannon. Uh, the second thing, with reactions, infantry can react with whatever guns they have. Vehicles, you're limited to your defensive weapons, usually. Mm-hmm. But these guys, they can shoot their last cannons as many times as they got reactions and things dumb enough to trigger them. Yeah, one of the big things you have to understand on this is vehicles this edition are, uh, Hurting. are, are very hurt because they have that uh, one in six chance to just kind of explode in some cases when they're hit by AP2 or one items mm-hmm. uh, that, that get that penetrating hit. And so there's a lot of math that hinges on that that kind of affects how these guys can operate, right? So uh, vehicles... When it comes to cover, you know, they're they're a little bit harder to attain cover and receive cover. And the cover that, that gets not as good usually. It's not as good. And so when you take a vehicle, let's say there was a vehicle out there that had nine last cannons on it or the ten last cannons. Terminus Ultra. Yeah. And you threw that, I mean, having all of those eggs of last cannons in a single basket that can be dropped is not as valuable as dispersing that pain amongst an infantry unit that can take advantage of cover, can take advantage of feel no pain, can take advantage of uh, a number of different things. And and honestly, obviously, we're, we're, we're tying in the last cannon, uh, last cannon heavy support squad is kind of one of the main targets we're talking about in this episode. But, you know, even n- 10 heavy bolters in cover is still very painful. It's, oh, yeah. it's not it's not fun to play it's it's a uh, it any of these heavy support squads very very powerful i think it's just you're just kind of seeing the uh the last cannon squad kind of shining above the rest and and with that the reason why we keep coming back to the last cannon i run a 10-man missile launcher squad in my ultramarines so for five points a guy i could just upgrade them to the last cannons and they just immediately get way better at their job mm-hmm. that missile launcher is cool the, I'm not using the frag missiles that are like the, the, the frag missiles. I'm not uh, like uh, one of my opponents did bring in two Xiphons that were immediately shot down by the flak missiles. You proud moment there, baby. Uh, I mean, it did kind of feel bad because like, oh, OK, well, I brought two Xiphons. He brought two Xiphons. They you don't feel bad. <laughs> they didn't you come mean. in on the same turn. So I guess they're just going to get shot down one at a time to reactions. Is there an Augury scanner in the unit? Oh, right. You have to take a master signal for logos. Like, yeah, there's an Augury scanner in the unit. Uh, oh, <laughs> good night, Xiphons. Did they do? Did you uh, intercept both of them? Oh, yeah. Did they? It's free. It's free fitty. Yeah, that is immediately <laughs> trashing. Like, because because it's not like you intercept a Xiphon and then you can't shoot next turn. It's a. <laughs> they came on the board, died, and then it's like nothing happened to you. There was no. There was no. For the, the cost of being forced to bring a Master of Signal due to my right of war, I just negated two siphons. Mm. Mm-hmm. And even then, I probably would have spent the reaction if I didn't have the Augury Scanner. And I think I put an Augury Scanner in the unit just to be safe. That's rough. That uh, is- Augury Scanner is another thing for the Heavy Support Squad. For those of you who don't know, the Augury Scanner lets the unit 
do the interceptor reaction without without it spending a point of reaction allotment, and that is allowed to take you to more than your three reactions per phase. So that heavy support squad, something walks onto the table, they're allowed to shoot it for free. (laughs) So the flak missiles having Skyfire makes it a little easier to hit, but the LAS cannons, if any one of those LAS cannons had hit, it'd be an almost guaranteed penetration, which then goes to a basically a four-up to more or less destroy it on a four it gets upgraded to a six which will destroy it or which will uh, immobilize immobilize it it, yeah and then it has to roll off to see if it ignores it or if it just crashes and burns yep that's rough which is very good no it'd be a five because they're only ap2 the melta is ap1 last can is ap2 yes yeah nope that math checks out yeah Math is mathing a lot better than it was on the day of. But yeah, so basically all these things combine, especially if you throw in a tech marine with a cognizant signum, giving them plus one of their blizzard skill in the shooting phase. Uh, Nuncio Vox. Some people throw like to just take the master of signal to throw in there because he also lets them take... He lets you throw his leadership to a unit if you need to. And I was looking... It actually would be cheaper. It's 70 points for a Legion Tech Marine with a Cognizant Signal. Mm-hmm. For 65 points, you can have a Legion Armistice, which is the the one that can take the heavy weapons. So he can just take an 11th last cannon? Well, that would take him to a bit more points because he would take it for 15 points to get the last cannon. But the Armistice comes with the Cognizant Signal and Augury Scanner. Oh, Okay. So you don't have to give him the heavy weapon, but for free, for the, the upgrade to take him to that console type, he gets that piece of war gear. That's kind of worth it, actually, now that I think about it. If you've got the heavy or the HQ slot for it, it's literally cheaper to do that than take a tech marine, especially if you're elites. The all, another hotly contested spot is full. Yeah, because I don't really need a tech marine to do anything for me in that unit, except be my augury scanner. Well, you can take an augury scanner in the unit. Or the I guess it'd be the cognitive signal. Oh, but you can't shoot if you have a cognitive signal. So why? Yeah, yeah. So you, why would you pay the fifteen points to give him a last cannon? Yeah, why would you get a last cannon? Unless if- you're silly like me and you play Ultramarines and you have other ways to get plus one to hit. <laughs> yeah, boy. <laughs> it's it's fifteen points for a last cannon. Ah, I'll take an eleventh last cannon. That's okay, and I'll take more two plus saves. Especially if you're like shooting at flyers where the cognizant signum doesn't do any good, but the ultramarines plus one to hit is just plus one to hit, which means you snapshoot on fives. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, I guess one of the difficult things to see is is kind of you kind of think about some of the other items. So like the heavy support choice, the heavy support squad is gonna be able to just like every other unit, it's gonna be able to take the sergeant, and that sergeant can have Classic artifice armor, so that makes them very, very durable. He's face tanking AP three hits with his two up. Definitely, definitely. And you, you kind of look at all right. Well, uh, the armistice or master of signal gives them a guy who can do that with an invul save. Right. It really you're looking at okay. If I were to compare the squad to a heavy support tank, right? Like a laser vindicator squadron. Yeah, and and something along those lines. You know, something that's going to be. Uh, an actual weapons platform that is going to have uh, some sort of, you know, vehicle armor. Some, some, a lot of these tanks that were coming out of there, they're rear armor 12. 
oh, you know? And so when you factor in, hey, that's rear armor 12, and in addition, there's no save for them. They don't get a save when you're in close combat with them or right. you're shooting them in the rear. And, and so there's a lot of things where it's if they find themselves in a bad position, which both I would say that when you're looking at a tank and you're looking at a squad, they're played pretty close to the same. Either one can be, I think probably the squad's going to be a little bit more mobile, but if you're looking at a weapons platform, like let's say a Vindicator, a Laser Annihilator, you know, if you're playing a... Uh, uh, like a Last Predator. A Last like Predator. They're generally going to ha- be staying in the same spot and all that jazz. They're going to be Usually. handling anti-tank, and eventually once there's no more tanks, they'll just be murdering infantry as well. Yeah. The, the vehicles are a little better at shooting on the move, Mm-hmm. But the infantry is going to take way better advantage of cover. Uh, the infantry are going to take probably more shots to take down mm-hmm. just because of the number of wounds. They do get progressively worse throughout the game as you do that. Whereas the tank, it's got all of its last cannons until you pop one off or pop the tank. Yep. It's just It seems like the I would much rather have the progressively worse than one time everything's gone. Yeah, there's a chance that a last cannon shot will kill a predator. One last cannon shot cannot kill a heavy support team. Correct, absolutely, and, and really it is, and, and it's something that's quite a bit different. Is there is stuff that can absolutely kill a tank in one shot, but there is very, very, very few things this edition that can kill an entire infantry squad in one turn. And even then, the last cannon team gets to react with the last cannons, neutralizing both threats. Yes. <laughs> Whereas a laser vindicator cannot respond with the uh, laser cannons. No, no, it cannot. So it really is one of those things where I think this edition, just the way the rules have been written and kind of the way things have been fed, I think a lot of people who, you know, initially they went out, they bought these Predators, they bought these Sakarans, they bought like oh, yeah. the, some the of these new tank- plastic range, and it's their great kits. Yeah. But- it's stuff people were asking for before the edition change. Yeah, and I think it's we, we, we talk about this all the time and kind of bring it forward is that things are slowly starting to evolve to what we call the crab meta, which is you play enough and you realize, man, last cannons are really good. And then you start moving in. You say, you know what? My tank isn't that great to hold these last cannons. I'm going to try a team of these guys. And eventually what we've seen is we've seen that a lot more armies are starting to bring these uh, last cannon heavy support squads in there. 40 points is all it's, it's not much for what they can do. No, definitely not. Anything your opponent throws at them, they get to react. They get to return fire. They get to overwatch. They get to intercept. Uh, intercept is one of the main things hurting the advanced deployment methods right now. Right. Especially when you can take auger scanners on everything and then you get f- a free turn of shooting in your opponent's movement phase. And I would say what's happening as well is is in these instances where somebody does take this 10-man last cannon squad, right? Mm-hmm. It makes it so where, look, I have a 48-inch range, and I can intercept. And so I'm either going to get a free shot on you when you, when you deep strike in or you try and outflank or anything like that, or if you come walking at me, I'm going to be able to shoot you. Well, before you're in my, before you get to me or anything like that. So what happens is it kind of dictates how your opponent plays the game. And so it, there's a lot of things in the game that you have no control over and you have no control over how it's going to be played. 
you know, there was uh, in this edition because of all the reactions, all the gotchas and the oh by the way, you know, I'm tell I'm moving here, I'm deep striking here, or, you know, I've got day of revelations, we're all coming at the same time. There's a lot of things that you can't control, mm-hmm. but by having this ten man, forty eight inch range kill squad say whatever you do i get something to say about it yeah i well i'm gonna have an answer for whatever you decide to do is what's what's gonna happen we didn't even mention the volkite the volkite culverin does what the last cannons do tanks just to infantry yeah to peoples they get five shots each i didn't realize that until last war zone i brought my all infantry space wolves list oh yeah they just eat them somebody like walked theirs onto the table i'm like okay cool they snapshot like five shots a guy, and that goes in one of my ears and out the other. And he throws a bunch of dice, and I take a couple saves. I go to charge him with twenty guys plus Russ, and they shots. wipe <laughs> everything but Russ from the unit. Yep, that's right. <laughs> They're very good. <laughs> they are very good. Yeah, that squad is nuts. No, it, it's definitely and and once again, it's the the heavy support squad. I think this edition has really come out as as it's. I would say if you're looking at the best unit in the game right now, for their points, they're they're handling business. It's it's pretty much no contest. I would say that it's very shortly followed by the Rhino, but they are absolutely up there in their points efficiency as those, well as utility. Those Melter Rhinos got me some points this past weekend. Yeah, multi Melter Rhinos <laughs> are very good because they are people do not have fear of Rhinos yet. That is one of the things that I've noticed is the fear of the rhino is not in people's eyes anymore. And uh, it very well should be because they'll get you. They're like, they're like, (laughs) what's that snake called? It's a snake that doesn't look like a deadly snake. I can't remember what it is. It's fine. We don't have to worry about that. But yeah, yeah. Uh, It'll bite you. Yeah, so kind of what we want to go into is what... We've gotten into a lot of what makes this such a powerful unit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, is there anything else kind of that can get added to that? I know there's some, like, theory stuff I've seen people talk about that I don't see played too much. One like, of the... Like, I would say that one of the things I'd like to add is we've talked about the unit by itself and how good the unit is by itself with without any additional... Aside from, like, the Tech Marine, Master Signal, etc. Apothecary, you know? Like, by itself, without anybody additional coming in that unit, it's a very good unit. Yeah. It's it, very it's efficient. Very efficient. It can do what it needs to. efficient. If you give it some height advantage, which you definitely should, if you have the way to deploy this in a building that's a look, looking at the battlefield, you're in a great position. Or if you go first and your opponent's got a null deploy list, yeah. you, got, you just take advantage of that. You're, you're in a great spot, right? Um, but there's so much out there and I, I don't think we've fully uncovered all of the different type of like consoles and, uh, additions that can go into it. Like, because there's so many kind of like Legion rules and stuff like that, but like truly they can just get better with bolt-ons like this, like oh. the heavy support squad is like. The Chevy Silverado, for sure, of of, of horse heresy. Like and you got, can lift it, they you got can a slam kit for it. it. Whatever you got to have it do, you can put a, a kit flatbed on it. You can put a welder on it. Like it, you can put a crew cab. Like it is, you, it is wild. This you can put a smoker on the tow hitch on it. <laughs> I'm telling you, just bolt on something. Whatever you need, they make it. The heavy Somebody support squad can dump whatever weapons it has. 
and swap them out. Says, you, what, you need anti-infantry? We're fine. Let's go ahead and pick up these Volkite. Oh, you need a, a anti-tank? Let's pick up this last cannon, are you play- auto cannon, or if you're trying to save you, some points. Are you just playing Iron Warriors? Then all of these become anti-tank. Yeah, exactly. It's just it's one of those things where... Do you have a Siege, a siege Breaker gives them uh, Sunder? Uh, the, yeah, the Siege Breaker does give them Sunder, which, you know, if you really want to get crazy with it, say, you know what, instead I'm going to take auto cannons because I want two hits. I want two shots. Yeah. But I also want to re-roll my, my armor yeah. penetration. Or if you're playing Iron Warriors, you can just say, hey, I take a Siege Breaker, my auto cannons become last cannons now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's wild. It, it truly is wild. It is... Uh, uh, there's all sorts of crazy stuff you can do with a librarian in the squad. You can give them precision shots with a diviner. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's oh, a, you got artificer armor in there? Oh, He's dead. Oh, you got an apothecary? Not anymore. You don't. Those two guys are dead, and they weren't any use to you anyway. And what the hell the sergeant? <laughs> yeah, exactly. These guys are just cleaning up a unit so that maybe you did kit out an assault squad with some stuff, and you're going to try to bully them. No, you're not. <laughs> Maybe you are a last cannon squad who just got shot by a last cannon squad who you're in turn returning fire on. And so you got to get rid of. There their, you go. <laughs> you got to get rid of their apothecary and their tech marine with the precision and shots. We'll, uh, we're going to get into that. <laughs> we, we do kind of have a couple of things that you can do. If you find yourself across the table from some heavy support squads and you, you're not prepared, there's there's a couple things you can do. Yeah, it's just it's it, it is awareness. Awareness and uh, uh, what we see on the tabletop right now. Yeah. Did you see a lot of Warzone? Did you, did, I don't know if you so, were looking. Uh, I was looking. I was the only heavy support squad in my games was the one I brought, and they had missiles. Oh, you so were that guy. Okay. They, they just had the missile launchers, which is not too bad, but they were ultramarines, so that's a strike against them. Yeah, okay. Um. Yeah, re-rolling hits for Logos Lectora, and then plus the Blizzard skill from, you know, Cognizignum or Legion trait gets a little little silly. But people were definitely more worried about Fulmentaris than they were missile launchers. I would be too. They Fulmentaris took some hate this weekend. <laughs> they can do some nasty stuff. But uh, what was I going to say? Uh, yeah. Alpha Legion. You know, Fulmentaris are the Desolation Marines of Horse Heresy. <laughs> they one hundred percent are. And in 40k, Desolation Marines got their hand, capital S, slapped. <laughs> and like, I feel like, I feel like that should be on the way. Yes, I agree. They are far too nuts. Ugh, that's uh, wild. If you drop brutal from the missiles, they become fine. They're still, they're still, you know, hammer and terminators. But speaking of hammer, you shouldn't be shooting thunder hammers out of your missile launchers. Strength 8, AP2, Brutal 2, that's a Thunder Hammer. While hiding inside of a building in a Starbucks drinking coffee. Oh, yeah. They're in a meeting. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> casually drop a missiles. They're, they're, they're talking, and as they're, they're talking and making battle plans, their missiles are jumping out of their missile launcher, walking to the door, and then taking off outside. <laughs> it's like, oh, yes, go do your thing. So speaking of what to do if your opponent has heavy support and you don't, uh, Fulmentaris are a great option if you can find something to hide them behind. They can't return fire if they can't see you. That is a very good option. If you don't have Fulmentaris and a land raider to hide them behind, maybe invest in some whirlwind Scorpius. If they're not elevated, you get them behind that land raider. They can't. They cannot return fire if they cannot see you. Yeah, no, it's true. They can't evade, which is painful because that, that gives them that cover save or that uh, shrouded save 
against your rending missiles. But you might have a chance to pin in the unit. I know I got my full Mentars got pinned by Scorpius this weekend. It, it can happen. Even I've, if they've got Master of Signal, all, all the bells and whistles trying to load out that unit. I swear Ultramarines have the highest fail rate of any Legion I've ever played when it comes to leadership tests, and I have no idea why. We're going to get into some shit next weekend. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Love it. Love it. I think it's those Ultramarines dice that uh, Forge World be selling or, or Games Workshop selling. It's not just their dice. I was rolling them Warzone dice. Not the good Warzone dice, but still Warzone dice. <laughs> it's still fail. If you know, you know. Well, that makes sense, though. If you're failing your leadership test, then oh. you're rolling higher oh, than you no. should be. Oh, you're right. <laughs> I just think it's cheaters get what they deserve. <laughs> you <laughs> ultramarines playing with your cheat-ass dice. <laughs> hey, Fulmentaris receive the correct amount of hate. You got to pull out the bad dice whenever. <laughs> I got I to pull out my trash dice. <laughs> pull out your trash dice when you're rolling the leadership <laughs> test. Uh, but yeah, so hiding out of line of fire with things that don't need line of sight, like quad mortars. I don't see a lot of quad mortars this edition because templates not what they used to be. Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, arc Witter is a lot harder to hide. Yeah. That's that is a that's a lot of tank. It's a thick tank. It's thick with two Cs. Whirlwinds. Yeah, kinda. yeah, yeah. Whirlwinds. Whirlwind Scorpius, yeah. Yeah, the Scorpius is a great tool if you've got a land raider to hide it behind. We're talking about stuff that can just blind fire onto these things and avoid the return fire. Right. Uh, if If you can get up in there... You can get a librarian, a telepath to turn off their turn off their reaction. Mm-hmm. Kind of a feels bad for some people because then it's like, oh, that thing you do, you don't get to do. I'm playing blue now. Yeah, but I guess getting up there is probably what's going to be difficult because essentially the way that I've seen people play heavy support squads, it's a whatever gets close to me dies. Yeah. That's how it happens. And so if you're talking about even in the movement phase, right, as soon as something moves, oh, I'm definitely handling that you know yeah. as soon as that comes in yeah it's just the the kind of thing if you got just a jet bike librarian whose job is to just get in there shut that off and then die oh god okay i see what you're saying i'm i'm, I'm on it i'm just, on it he's there running interference okay yes uh another option is to try to outrange them which is a lot easier to do if you're alpha legion okay so alpha legion legion trait you're two inches further away Shroud bombs on your recon squads with sniper rifles gives you another option. Uh, Vigilator by himself has got a decent shot at taking out whatever characters in the unit and forcing a pinning check with uh, with shell shock to try to get that pinning off so they're no longer a problem. That eliminates their reaction. They have to snap shoot. Definitely, definitely. And then beyond that, it's just take expendable units and just try to force saves on them. Contemptor Dreadnought with a conversion beamer. Oh, yeah. Sea beamer is another thing that can ice them from outside their range. And that is something I have not seen a lot this edition that I feel like is kind of getting left on the table. Oh, the twin sea beamer Contemptor, if you if your opponent doesn't know, they'll know when you hit them with it. I think if you're looking at kind of like an immediate answer to like, I'm going to take an exact... Like, because a lot of the stuff you're talking about, like a, a, a librarian running around on a jet bike and all that stuff, it seems kind of like... There is utility in that. It just... But your opponent's going to see it and go, okay, that's your answer to heavy support squads, right? Yeah, exactly. It, it kind of breaks your thematic, your, your, your narrative threads in your army. It, it very much becomes a counter pick in like a, like a deck builder. Yep, yep. And, and really, like, in the fact that you said you didn't see a lot, of, a lot in Warzone kind of 
Because, like, I would take a... They were around. Like, uh, I did see one list, or I he- heard about one list that had two Laz Cannon squads and then a Plasma Cannon squad. Oh, beautiful. Which, uh, that's a bit oppressive, I think. That's what I'm talking about. That's a <laughs> that's a game winner right there is what that is. Uh, I definitely see uh, a... If, if I was going to an event, I would not take a last cannon squad just because I wouldn't want to be labeled. Right. Which I think is kind of what's saving horse heresy 2.0 is like, they don't want to be considered crab meta. So they mm-hmm. are kind of limiting themselves. But I feel like what's going to happen is you're going to have those players that do want to, uh, bring that 40 K mindset over to horse heresy and kind of, you know, I want to win this event. Right. I compare it to last edition. There was the flare shield Spartan with the Primarch and bodyguard. You didn't necessarily run it, but you had a you when you're building your list, you had a plan for when you are going to see it. Yeah, you had to have a way to take care of it. You had to have a way to open up a Spartan flare shielded and then fight its unit inside. You had to have a plan for whenever that happened. You at least needed to be aware that that was coming. Somebody at the event, probably multiple people brought that list because they like their Primark and it's not fun when your Primark doesn't get into combat. Yeah. So they brought a way to ensure he gets into combat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, uh, that's how I look at it. Either I'm going to see it and I need to have a plan for it or else the game is just going to be wrecked and I'm just not going to have fun. Or I need to have a plan for when my game is wrecked and I don't have any fun. Right. And so what you want to do is you want to pack a utility unit who can take care of that unit, but also do other things whenever that doesn't happen. Yeah. Like a... It's like an umbrella. You want to have it for the rain... <laughs> But when the sun's a little too bright, you can still pop it out and use it. Yeah. Or if you want to dance like Mary Poppins or fly away, or if you, you can get do into it. a bar fight like Kingsman. There's a, there's a million uses for this. It's a util. It's a piece of utility. It is as useful as you are creative. Exactly. Exactly. So with that being said, conversion beamer contemptor dreadnought is like the umbrella <laughs> to stop the rain of the last cannon squad. Okay. If. If you don't want to have that game where he's just sitting back and dropping strength 10 AP1 templates on your opponent, you can just run him around. Like the closer he gets, the the less oppressive that template gets. And if you put a close combat arm on him, he is still a contemptor. He can do all the contemptor things. The only thing I'm afraid of is the contemptor dreadnought with dual conversion beamers has the potential to be the new crab meta, I feel like. It is, and really, he's very oppressive. He's very strong. He has all of the same benefits that the heavy support squad gets in that it's not too terribly expensive for what it can dish out, and it can dish them out in your opponent's turn. The Dreadnought is able to drop those two templates on anybody who tries to shoot him. Yep. Yeah. No, he for sure... They're not as good at that point because then you're in your opponent's range, which is most likely going to be within the 42 to turn off the good profile. But if you've got a last cannon squad at, you know, 45 to 48 inches, that's trying to trying to act silly. He will let them know to come correct. He can send them the old gift of punishment. And and really, I think, you know, like what, what the, the difference between the contemptor is he's not as good when you get closer to him, mm-hmm. right? So there's a way to shut him off and like, hey, quit that back here. <laughs> Whereas the last cannon team is like all the time good. Yeah. But that's, I think... That's why I think the conversion beamer and then close combat arm contemptor 
Nasty. losing out on one or the other. You'd be better off with the close combat one if your opponent's close. You'd be better off with a twin conversion beamer if he wasn't. But with both, it becomes more versatile. And he's, like, fun to have. Yeah, that guy's fun at every party. <laughs> he's just, like, a good guy. Whatever's going on, he's down. Even in close range, if he gets off that C-beamer on somebody before he charges them... They're maybe, blind. Maybe you blind him. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was... Like, it's so good. <laughs> and so maybe you're just, you're just... You only need to hit them to blind them. It, it, they really are, yeah. <laughs> All you have to do is just tag one guy, like, even with your... You know, your seven inch max scatter. <laughs> you just get that one dude, he goes, ah! <laughs> and then from then on out, you're you're good. You're good to go. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I think it's it's definitely one of those things where uh, he's a utility at that point. Yeah. It, it, he's good to have regardless. Yeah, the, the tools are out there. They're just a little more esoteric than a lot of people would like them to be. And with the with the sniper rifles, that's going into an entirely different aspect of the crab meta, because pinning is really strong. Yeah, it's just not guaranteed. Yeah, if you have a way of forcing night fighting, like uh, night lords do, or certain missions do, and you just pick out your nuncio vox in the squad with a sniper, pick out your characters for the high leadership. There, it is possible for a vigilator to just turn a unit off. And that is why powerful Gabe was running dual siege breakers in his, uh, even on his last cannon squad, he was running siege breaker for that higher leadership. Yeah. It's powerful. It's a powerful unit, man. It's yeah. It's hard to deal with. And, and, you know, I know we were talking about like assault squads and, you know, in the last episode is kind of one of those, this is how you should run them. This is how you should play them. Don't do this with them. Don't do this. I would say the only thing you don't want to do with uh, heavy support squads is get them in combat. You need to oh, have yeah. screeners for them if you're going to play them. Oh, yeah. If you are charged by two contemptors, that unit is done. If, yeah. If you're if you're charged by and they make it through an assault squad, they're done. That's kind of oh, like the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. level that we're talking here of how weak these guys are. In combat. In combat. Now, shooting, I would say they're just as weak as any other Space Marine unit. I mean, that Artificer armor, generally what you're going to see is you're going to see them packed out. You're going to see that Apothecary in there, which is going to have Artificer armor. And then you're going to have the Tech Marine in there. It's going to have Artificer armor. And then maybe you're going to have an additional... Uh, personally, if you want them to survive, you're going to pack them with Artificer armor is what's going to happen in there. Oh, yeah. And then one thing that I had said, with the, especially with, regarding the Apothecary in the unit... The Apothecary gets all of their rules and their subtypes. So the Apothecary becomes heavy, so they all keep that uh, re-rolling armor saves against templates. Mm, 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 mm. But if you bring in a uh, somebody who does not have heavy... A Master of Signal cannot be heavy. He can't take Cataphracty armor, can't take a boarding shield. So at that point, you lose heavy on that unit, and so they become susceptible to blast templates, and so... Until they kill him first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you roll the two-plus save on him, and... Then when he's out, now you go start rerolling. The apothecary is busted two plus safe, <laughs> or the tech marine's two plus safe. Yeah, tech marine I think comes stock with artificer armor. Yeah, hell yeah. So, yeah, no, it's a it's a curious unit, man. I, I would yeah. say that you you run up, you tag them. If you have two or three like land speeders with a volkite, mm -hmm. you can put the hurting on that unit and just start whittling down their effectiveness. And they have to decide, do I want to return fire and ice this uh, 
just completely ice this land speeder, or do you have some, does my opponent have something waiting for me to spend that reaction so they hit me with something bigger that I would rather react to? So yeah. it's just kind of like this uh, this little dance about what they spend the reaction on, because no matter how many reactions they have that phase, a unit can only react once per phase. Yeah, what's pretty wild about them is they can actually you can build your army around your heavy support squads, and you can have a librarian who's not necessarily part of the squad, but assisting the squad, you know, doing things to the squad. You can have <laughs> that sounded awful. Hey. Librarian turning off reactions to a last cannon squad, and then your Volkite squad lights them up. That works all day. It's it's wild. It, it's it's a it's a. They, you can you can formulate and build entire armies around heavy support squads. I would say probably the 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 legions who take most advantage of the heavy support squads are probably your Iron Warriors and your Iron Hands, Death Guard. Your Iron Warriors, because you are getting that plus one to, yeah, to plus wound, one strength plus against, one strength against, against vehicles. the vehicles, and then you also have your Iron Hands who are getting that uh, uh, additional feel no pain roll, right? I'm not sure. I have not looked at Iron Hands in a minute. Yeah, but I know Death Guard they get to move without count as having moved, so they can still fire on the run. Which why would you want to? But no, I mean there, there's, I, I would say that. Blood Angels and World Eaters probably are not going to get the same utility out of them as uh, as other legions. You know, kind of like your close combat legions. These are going to be units that should stay static. That should not be moving just by the definition of their actual heavy support role. You're going to be looking at these uh, 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 weapons that have a snap shoot if you move kind of situation. So, Right. It's uh, I mean, unless you want to get wild with the heavy flamer. Yeah, <laughs> I would say looking at kind of the options they could take, like heavy flamer, which blood angels can swap that over to assault cannons if they wanted. That's okay. It's still heavy though. I wouldn't really be super excited about that. Auto cannons, pretty nice. I would say that I, I'm I'd be okay with auto cannon. The the amount of work they put in missile launchers are always. They're, the missile launchers are good at weird things. Yeah. So my missile launchers, they're not great at tanks. Anything AV-14, fishing for sixes ain't great. Never is. Flyers, the, the two times flyers have tried to join the party with those guys on the board, they work great. Mm. They did exactly, amount of the, exactly the number of damage they need. They're only strength seven with the flak missile, but flyers typically have the lower end of the armor. Mm-hmm. So that kind of works out, but... but I would rather snap shoot at it with a las cannon. Usually, I think. I always felt like multi meltas were kind of the weirdest of the bunch, unless you're, unless you're death guard. Yeah. So them adding heavy as a subtype means that Raven Guard can no longer infiltrate multi meltas up with these guys. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is kind of one of those weird things where, uh, if you having do- to stand still for a turn and. So, and basically any tank that you're looking to kill with multi-meltas is going to just shoot you before it gets to you. So if you deep strike, you don't technically count as having moved. So if you throw a Mormonger in with your multi-meltas, you can teleport them in and just start lighting lighting stuff up. Uh, but then you are 100% going to get charged by two contemptors. That's pretty dirty. That's very good, actually. 
Now, that's also not normal deep strike. You do have to take like a dangerous terrain check when you come in. And on a 10-man squad, you're losing some guys to the teleport. Yeah, I think it's worth it, though, if you're going to be able to teleport in a melter range. Oh, yeah. Way worth it. And then you do have to roll scatter. and Wherever you scatter, you got 10 guys. And you, you place the guy without the melter first. So you can go into coherency to where you want to be. It's beautiful. Uh, it pl- plasma cannon. So the same points, last cannon's going to be better. I would say for cheaper, you could just take the uh, uh, the frag missiles. and If you're really looking to dish out a bunch of hate on infantry, the Volkite's probably better. Yeah, but I'm saying if you want to save a little bit of money. Oh, no, Volkite is, yeah, no, Volkite's way better. Because yeah. it's the same points as the missiles. Oh, yeah. Mm, mm-hmm. Now, if you are looking to run a heavy support squad and you don't want to be labeled that guy, some of the weapons we're not really talking about, that's another way to do it. Bring the missile launchers instead of the LAS cannons. The heavy bolters if you really want to. Or, you know, maybe you're playing Iron Warriors and you like the shrapnel bolters. Yeah. You lay into somebody with a bunch of those, it's going to, like, it's still pinning. Like, the the one guy they lose to the heavy bolter fire will cause a pinning check on the unit. But, yeah, maybe you bring the plasma cannons. Maybe you, a handful of them don't fire every turn because you can't roll above one. Yeah, I'm actually, like, very curious. Especially, you know, it, it's really, it really seems like we're really, <laughs> like, tiptoeing around last cannons, right? It's like... It's like, yeah, you could take them, but you're going to be a dick if you take them. Like, it seems so obvious, right? And it, it, like this they, whole... They they are very efficient. Ten last cannons. Tyler brought two teams of ten-man last cannons when I played him with my Titan. Mm-hmm. And then just shot them at my scoring units so I couldn't, like, score victory points. Yeah, what's crazy... Ten last cannons is good at whatever unit you shoot them at. And even when it does kill a tank, and like, let's say there's no more tanks on the table, or maybe your opponent didn't even bring tanks... It can still kill of roughly, you know, seven, eight dudes a turn. Yeah. At Bliss Skill 5, that's eight guys you're wiping out of the squad. And that is one thing that I do want to remind you guys is your Cognizignum is upping that Ballistic Skill on Oh, it. yeah. Uh, the wording on it is a little iffy. Uh, it works in, quote, the shooting phase. Ah, yeah. So in lieu of shooting in the shooting phase. It doesn't say your shooting phase. It says the shooting phase. So they definitely don't get it for Interceptor and Overwatch. Do they get it for Return Fire? Eh, maybe. A little confusing on that one. I would I, say... I declined to do so in all of my games because I don't believe it should be able to. Because you're a gentleman, yes. That, but if my opponent said, oh, it says the shooting phase, we are in your shooting phase, my guys get plus one bliss skill. I'm not going to I'm not gonna fight him on the twos. Makes sense. That's fair. You're a gentleman and a I, scholar. I also do the same thing with wound bouncing with the suzerain. They are all characters. The rules say you're never forced to force a wound on a character. Some people change wounds in the middle of a wound pool. I do not. I can't. I can't say definitively that they don't get to do that. I don't think it should be how it works. So that's not what I do. But just be aware if your opponent is trying to get that plus one ballista skill to their Overwatch or to their interceptor, it only works in the shooting phase. Yeah, I would say one of the benefits is like, uh, like one of the things that you should know when you're playing against a heavy support squad is just be aware that this is going to be a fairly static unit. Mm-hmm. So keep in mind if you are playing a game where maybe there are 
you know, certain objectives and things like that. Whenever it comes down to placing those objectives, put them in some cover, mm-hmm. make them. So especially if you know you're about to play a heavy support squad. Oh yeah. Feel yourself out, get yourself some cover. And then when it comes down to deploying, just know this guy is going to have, or a lady is going to have a static unit. That will not be moving. So I need to play around that unit being super oppressive. It, you can, you know, hide from a heavy support squad. Oh, yeah. For it, a good it, portion of the game. If, if your local meta is getting torn up by last cannon teams, maybe start just, maybe go nuts, like just making a bunch of terrain and just trying to like <laughs> casually up the amount of terrain on your usual tables. Oh, who bought all these buildings? <laughs> Everybody just looks at the world you just player. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> and it it's it's definitely one of those things that you can play around, but I would if, say that if your armies are fighting over a football field, the last cans are gonna do great. Are we gonna need games work like in your opinion, Derek, Ooh. do we need James Workshop's intervention in this? So when I think about what should be done, like like I think the last cannon for what it does now is undercosted. Right, right. I don't know that the unit is undercosted, considering if you don't take the last cannon. If we bump the base cost of the units, then the guy with the heavy flamers is just out here. Just uh, the heavy flamer, I think, is where it should be. I don't know for certain because I'm not running them. I have a squad of them that I've just not put on the table. But do you think the last cannon should be twenty points a piece? At twenty points a piece, you're looking at a hundred more points for the unit. That's still a steal. This unit is still very efficient. They will get every drop of those points back. So 25 points a piece, 250 points. Now that's probably getting into the range where they should be for what they do. I think what would be better is dropping a rule that says instead of only once per phase, once a unit has reacted, they may not react again this turn. So you do get to give somebody that reaction. You get to give them the interceptor, or the return fire, but then that turns off your overwatch. So if you deep strike an assault squad next to them, they get shot exactly one time from the interceptor, and whoever's left gets to charge them for free. Uh, Yeah, no, I I see where you're coming from on that one. I think I'm more on the side of the points on that one. Okay, so you think they should be able to shoot more in your opponent's turn than in your turn? For 350 points, yeah, that's fine with me. I'd be okay with that. 350 points? Well, they're already 350 points by the time you factor in the Cognus Signum and the Apothecary. Oh, well, we're talking about 350 points plus. That's 350 points Oh, yeah, an extra 350 points. Yeah. Okay, so so we're looking at like like 450 points with with a Tech Marine and an Apothecary in there. It, yeah. Up there. Up there, borderline, borderline Baneblade level. So Fulmentaris are like six or 700 points. Okay. For a 10-man Fulmentaris squad. How many... 10. How many last cannons can a Baneblade take? Six, right? Assuming they can still take the three sets of Sponsons, that'd be six. And that's up there at 500 points. Who's, who's Baneblade's 500 points? There's 750 points. Are they 750? 
I don't know. For some reason, unless was, they dropped them for militia. I, I guess I was thinking that militia. Yeah, militia, militia have a four hundred point main blade. Yeah, I think they get a cheaper one. But yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Is I I think the issue is the number of times they get to shoot. If you re if you rein that back, it gives you like you're still gonna take it, but now you can bait it out. But you're talking about a whole like adjustment of the rules of the game. Or are you I, talking I'm, about just? I'm adding. I'm, I'm talking about changing one word in the rule book. Mm-hmm. Change the word phase to turn. If you are intercepting, you are too busy to be uh, evading or overwatching. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. feel the movement reactions are very strong just because movement in any tabletop war game is going to be key. Placement is always going to be very important. And I think this kind of gives them the weight they have, I guess, in my mind. Because, okay, if I'm going to fall back, does that prevent them from getting the charge? Or am I better off just holding off on that reaction to the assault phase? No, I understand what you're saying. But I guess my, I guess the, the question comes in, like, if you had armies that were kind of built around multiple reactions, right? Well, okay, so let's say we let's say that James Workshop is listening and they enact this in an FAQ tonight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, Imperial the, Militia Baneblade is 400 points. Nice. These guys are cheaper than like cheaper than a Baneblade and way more dangerous. <laughs> yeah, I would rather have them over a Baneblade with uh that is with no sponsons. So the, the main thing that gets better against them if we make that change is deep striking and outflanking. Right. Because now if I put my outflanking marker where they're at, they either waste all their shooting running away from it or I, get, I definitely get to charge them when I come in. By walking on two units, one of them gets lasered off the table, the other one makes it into the charge. Right. Because other than that... Nothing is getting in a charge range that isn't getting shot to help first. Correct. Or has to go through the rest of your army. Hmm. I guess that's where the... See, if you were to raise the points, right? Okay. Then that's a hard pill to swallow for two of those units. Yes. Yeah, two of those units becomes a third your army. Yeah. But I guess changing their reactions to where they can only react or perform their action against one unit a turn. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm feeling. And that does make because it used to be. With but they're op- still a steal. So they you are could still, just work in two units. Yeah, they get two shooting phases a turn. Assuming your opponent is trying to deal with them either way. And if they're not trying to deal with them, then they are now unchecked. Yeah, either way you look at it, they're getting like so it sounds like <laughs> we're exchanging the crab for two crabs in both scenarios. Yeah, then you break them into two five man squads if you've got the heavy support slots to do so. Okay, hear me out. Yes, sir. Hear me out. What you got? Desolation Marines in 40k. They were becoming an aggressive problem. That's what I hear. So they raised their points. Uh-huh. And Captain at five guys. Captain at five guys. Mm. 
I don't think that the heavy support squad needs to be capped at five. Because then that what is, they take exactly one shooting phase to no longer become a threat. Mm-hmm. There'll be like one or two left if you're generous. But were last cannon squads, I guess heavy support squads in general, were they supposed to be this aggressive in the game? I don't think so. And so, I think I think what makes them so aggressive is the reactions. Right. And I think that a five-man and, squad... And Laz Cannon's just innately having Sunder. Yeah. I think that change was made after they pointed the squad. Yeah. I, I'm curious if... If they capped the heavy support squad at five dudes, and and it's gonna it's I gonna think, definitely hurt the people that are playing like Volkai and Heavy Walter and all that stuff. But I think what also happens is a five man heavy support squad with heavy bolters is getting ignored and not shot all day, all day. Yeah, they're they're. What am I going to do about five heavy bolters? And so, and I think when you're looking at a five-man last cannon squad, no ability to become a 10-man last cannon squad, I think that's way more survivable because I can only possibly lose five guys when I deep strike in. And then when I charge you, I can only possibly lose five more guys. Maybe. I, I guess so. I've been approaching it kind of from what's easier to implement like in a local format where it's like, hey, at the shop, maybe we test out once per turn reactions instead of per phase reactions. But that's the whole game. That's every game from then on out. Not just a heavy... If you take heavy support squads, we're enacting this rule. No, that's the whole... Well, that, that also addresses the Daredeo, which is very powerful for the same reasons. That also that addresses all of your good interceptor units. Yeah. I just feel like at that level... There's so much stuff that is being pointed out for multiple reactions that you adjust the entire points level. You make certain units unplayable at that point. Like a Daredevil would become less fun and less playable at that point. And you see it less on the table. I think by affecting the entire game, then all the points have to be looked at. Whereas if you target like a Daredevil by himself or a heavy support squad by himself, it doesn't affect everything in the game, right? Because yeah, you're looking at... I guess that's a more nuanced take than I, I was uh, considering. Because yeah. you're, you're looking at... You're affecting Legion units. Mm-hmm. You're affecting uh, uh, Solar Auxilla units. You're in so f- a change like that, the thing it hurts most is like elite stuff. Like Custodes, your, uh, your mm-hmm. Pride of the Legion lists. Your Adeptus Mechanicus stuff. Like your... I mean, that that's... Affecting them quite a bit too. Yeah, that affects your your Primark tentpole type list. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It is a good question, and, and I, I'm open to feedback on this one, especially from the listeners out there. On on what, and maybe if you're out there and you have an argument on how they should remain exactly the same, please let us know. Oh yeah, if you got something we haven't considered. I mean, we, we don't know unless somebody tells us. I'm, I'm curious if this is a, a local meta problem as well. Because I've heard that it's not as aggressive in some of their areas. I've heard that yeah, I, I hear Storm more people, Eagles are aggressive in certain areas. Oh, that's what I want to hear about. <laughs> yeah. No. I was looking at the Storm Eagle, like the, the Angel's Wrath right of war. I'm like, this. I think there's something there. 
Like anybody who says that the heavy uh, heavy support squads of last cannons isn't aggressive in their or isn't a problem in their meta, I want to go to oh, that yeah. meta and show them. Oh yeah, y'all should have an event. Y'all should invite us. <laughs> I'll, I'll be there. What's up? <laughs> I'll bring I'll bring them. I'll bring we'll Gabe. What, I'll bring Gabe. And we'll, <laughs> and we'll figure out exactly what what y'all got cooking. Yeah. Oh, I. <laughs> oh. <laughs> It's obvious of fury of the ancients, bro. Oh, okay. That's cute. Hey, I got two units of ultramarine last cannons that they can both return fire at once. Let's go. I was like, one of the big things like, oh, well, you worried about heavy support squads? You haven't played a fury of the ancients list. Boy, I will handle a fury of the ancients list. Give me my heavy, give me my heavy support squads. What are you talking about? I'll kill him when I'll peel him like a banana. Like, what are you talking about? Ugh. Yeah. So I will say I've heard mostly what I've heard is people complaining about them in theory. Slash one guy at the event just turns up with two or three squads of these. Yeah, that's real. And that you have to expect it. It'll happen. That wouldn't happen if they were five, man. I'll tell you so quick, bro. Desolation Marines, do you you like everybody was inve- everybody was investing in them, and now nobody's taking them. They're All toasted right. as a five man done, and they went up in points. You're crazy. You're crazy. <laughs> They're not. You're useless at five man. What am I supposed to do with five people? So, I guess with the five man, the five man heavy support squad that starts looking to me a lot like a Devastator squad. Love it. Let them pick different, live different guns. I get what you're saying. I get where you're coming from. At that point, do you throw ablative wounds in there? Throw five guys without the big guns? Yes. They can take extra models. Extra models can't take heavy weapons. So you're talking about 10-man squad, five max heavy weapons. So we're just capping the number of heavy weapons in there. So you have to kill five guys before they start losing shots. Sign me the fuck up. Sign me up. Is that fair? Is that is that a fair compromise? God damn it, you got yourself a deal, Derek. You got yourself a deal. <laughs> you drive a hard bargain. <laughs> you drive a hard bargain, but yes. <laughs> now I'm down for that. I, I, I like that. And and was the is the solution that simple? Just hey, how did 40k do this? How has this always been like like what was the historical solution here? Yeah, they just capped out five man squad with uh, or ten man squad with five heavy weapons. Because they realized that 10 last cannons was just a <laughs> little crazy. We've known since third edition that you would just be terrorizing the meta if you had 10 guys with last cannons rolling around. Well, what happened last edition? Like, what happened in version 1.0? Why wasn't everybody running sun killers? Well, I don't, you know, that's a good question. I really don't know. That was because we didn't have reactions. Yeah, they could shoot once per turn. It sucked, but you deep struck on them and made them. Yeah, you deep struck two units on them and made them handle it. Well, this yeah, before you could charge out a deep strike. Yeah. That, or you had, like, jet bikes just roll up on them and get in there. Or you just duck cover to cover with assault squads. Yeah, but I'm just saying, you, you deep strike two units on them, and then you look at your assault squad and you say, which one's it going to be? One of us is going to die. And then one of your assault squads had to watch your other assault squad die and get very angry, and then charge them next turn. And then get charged by the unit protecting or, the last cannons. Drop bottom on them, and then you got destroyers or whatever, and they're just lighting them up, dude. Like, it's like how I feel. I feel ways about destroyers. I feel ways about deep strike not being deep strike anymore, like or outflank <laughs> being outflank. I think the new outflank is interesting because it gives more player interaction. I always think about this. I always think about like, <laughs> like 
I think of a land speeder outflanking, right? Mm-hmm. And him being just slightly off the table. And he's just sitting there, like, waiting, like, oh, I'm going to jump in there. I'm about to fuck them up. They have no idea I'm coming. And then, like, all of the last cannon Marines are just, like, looking at them. And they're like, are they, are they looking at us? Do can they, they see us? Do they know that we can see them? And they're just, like, like moving back and forth. And do they just see the heads going following them? The last cannons are just, like, and like, do they? Do they what's in that guy's hand? <laughs> he's just. It's only a little bit quieter than, like. A modern day helicopter. <laughs> so, you, you guys hear that? The danger cart. <laughs> yeah. It's like the anti grav units just throwing stuff in all directions. <laughs> the screaming of the danger cart, like. <laughs> we heard you coming like a mile away. Uh, <laughs> I don't. You sound like a damn tie fighter. <laughs> So, I don't know, man. It it definitely is. Uh, it we can all agree it needs some. The way it is now, they are far too efficient. Well, what's crazy is is the knowledge is out there now, right? Like it's like it's out there, and so we have new players who are just like, uh, "What do I need? Five man last cannon or ten man last cannon team? I'm, that's the first thing I want to build." You're like, what? You're playing Imperial Fist, bro. Why do you need last kids? And all hurts are pretty good. So I saw, I saw a cool thing where somebody made a wall, put a bunch of dudes with last cannons on it. God dang it. <laughs> <laughs> damn it, dude. Hey, hey, it was cool to do last edition, all right? It was I, cool when you do it. When you did it. Yeah, I did it before this reaction. Those were OG last cannon squads, all right? Underslung. I mean, nobody take the wall today. <laughs> no, absolutely not. They wouldn't even try to take that wall today. I'll tell you that much. You put them on the table, I'm intercepting you. No, it's definitely, uh, it, it's concerning. I would say that there's, there, it's, I don't know. It's like, I feel like this whole episode has just been us like bashing heavy support last cannon squads. Like it really does seem like. A bunch of banter about back and forth about like we we like to make jokes around here guys but uh just keep in mind if you do bring the last cannon team if the rest of your list is also pretty tuned then you're just bringing a really tuned list if that's what everybody's down for if y'all are you know if you guys like to get some competitive i know some people who do it's only a problem if that's not the party everybody signed up for yeah and i think I think it's hard. The the harder we go with the competitive stuff, the more the, the solutions become obvious. Yeah. Nobody's gone just completely bonkers with Death Guard Reaping, where you can take heavy support as non-compulsory troops, and then just bring like seven last cannon teams. Sign me up. I'll do that. I'll be the, I'll be the guy. <laughs> <laughs> Same. It's a couple people running around with those. Uh, we might come up with some solutions. Uh, I'm just saying, maybe... That's what James Workshop needs to see is people going wild on these things. That's I don't also know. a fair point. I don't I don't I, that that's one of the big things, right? And I think that's gonna be kind of like there should be some intervention at some point. Like surely this has come God, up. That'd be nice. Wouldn't but, that be nice? I don't know. I think uh I think the self regulating I think what's happening is you're seeing some of these like uh, just enough self-regulating that they don't feel they need to come in and and bring the hand of God down. Yeah, that's what it feels like. And I think what I happens is you have like a 
the heresy side, which is like so many cool dudes. And so they are uh, like, once you get into heresy, you, you go on YouTube, you type in best horse heresy <laughs> list, best horse heresy Legion tier list, Legion tier list, S tier units. It's like S tier last cannon squad. Okay, cool. Let me just order that. And then you get that in your army and then you go fight your local Derek and you're just like, Oh man, I'm not going to do that again. And then and you go just like bench him. I'll pull then, these out the next and then event. You spend a couple weeks trying trying to have a game, and nobody wants to play you. Yeah, and then you're like, oh, I'm ostracized now. <laughs> it's oh, okay, a, everybody keeps making fun of me. You know, it's a really good answer for uh, for last cannon list. Uh, the Proteus land speeders with Volkite. Something that can bring a super fun time to your games. <laughs> a really a really fun player. Uh, well, yes, that, but also the deck of cards that lets you pick secondaries. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is absolutely evolving secondary missions for evolving your, secondaries. For your absolutely, yeah. Because now it's like, uh, now you're trying to duck, dive, and dodge because it's not just about killing your opponent; it's Tweak, actually about tweaks your target priority a little bit and. Yeah. Just kind of gives you something to do other than focus on killing the most units you can kill. Yeah. Or killing the one unit that's been hurting you every turn <laughs> that made mommy and daddy have a divorce. I think I think that's a good answer too. Bring that back. Oh yeah. Yeah, Bring. definitely as we get more and more interesting missions, I think the four turn format love the four turn format. Uh, does kind of like it, it tones them down a touch cuz you get less shooting phases. Mhm. Mhm. Like that's one thing I really liked about the missions in Siege of Cthonia. and I, I would like to see more events kind of adopting that format. Because man, six turns—I don't know any of my games made it to six turns. I like to always think to myself, if we were to completely take a unit out, would the game still be fun without it? And I feel like that happens with heavy support squads. If you took that out right now, mm-hmm. the game would still be fun. Yes. Like I don't feel like you'd be that way with a Sakaran. I feel like that's kind of a, a a fun little thing that's specifically for Horus Heresy. Sakaran you know? didn't hurt nobody. Sakaran, that was a that's a fluffy thing. Like heavy support squads, if they were to leave right now, no big deal. If you had a heavy support squad, is not allowed at this event. <laughs> Nobody's gonna have a bad time. You drop it from our list, cool. I'll just run more Fomentaris. Yeah, I'll be all right. Gives people something really to complain about. <laughs> No, I kid. I kid. I don't know. I don't have much else to say on it other than but yeah. Somehow we managed to squeeze like an hour and a half out of talking about these guys. And yeah. Well, I mean, we kind of went into like what what we mean by crab meta, what you expect, what makes the unit good, what they can do, what you can do about it. Mm-hmm. That's a good chunk of change. Uh, I know there's a lot more like granular, like very specific things. My missile launcher team has had a lot of success. Using uh, the Ultramarine's reaction, where if you shoot at one of my units, I can return fire with that unit plus a friend. Yes, yes. So, oh, you shoot my Land Raider. My Land Raider can shoot back, and so can my missiles. And that that was very effective against Last Cannons. Uh, Raven Guards fade to Black Reaction. Oh, you're going to shoot me with Last Cannons? All right, well, we're just going to go ahead and make an initiative move into this cover where you can't see us anymore. Yeah. 
Keep the, just hide. The shrouded doesn't help you if they have a cognosignum because it gives them night vision, which ignores shrouded. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Be so be aware of that if you're play, oh I'll just evade. No, you're not. <laughs> not if they've got a cognosignum. I, I saw a world eaters player get absolutely annihilated by a ten man skull salt <laughs> squad. It was like here they come. <laughs> Whole squad's gone, and it's like all right. Well, here comes another squad to to redeem them. <laughs> Oh God! It's like, no, no. Are we the baddies? <laughs> I'm so sorry, Lancor. I'm so sorry. You're such a good dude. But, but yeah. So uh, if you're out there, if we missed something, I think we hit all the main ones: the librarian, the just returning fire with your heavy support squad, conversion beamer dreadnought. Just, just proceed. Conversion to grab. beamer predator, but. Goodness gracious, you are playing with fire at that point. You get are him a, get him a Decurian. He's dude. That, that's what I did. Yeah. Like I, I run. And this was before the Decurian. Like this is when he still affected the unit. Yeah, I was. I ran Decurian conversion beamer uh, predators because that was well, that's what hurts my my uh, uh, my armor list. You got to have something to fight back. <laughs> Yeah, if you're bringing armored spearhead, you got to know what's up. You got to have a decarian in that list with conversion beamers, so that way you can. If, if you get the short table edge, you get the the, the hammer and anvil deployment, yeah, hamburger style. Then you are not going to have a good time. So you have to have that decarian. So when they eventually do, just go. I'm going to go and kill that guy because I know he's here to kill me. Then you say, "Well, I'm shooting back before I die." <laughs> so that's all you got. That's all you got, and he might not eat if there, if you have a smart uh, if, if you have a smart if opponent a, if he's got like a master of signal or somebody with like a invul save in there, you, you're gonna and they probably deployed them fully forward knowing that <laughs> you're there, so they're not gonna let you get that max range. It's a it's a tough one. It's a tough cookie to crack. Hell yeah. I think that was pretty thorough, don't you? Yeah, I, I don't think there's much more that we could add in there. I, I'm looking forward to you guys' yes. response back to this. I really am looking forward to hearing what you guys got to say about heavy heavy support squads. Yeah. Has, has How are they in your local meta? Have yeah. they been terrorizing the place? Has it actually, once you kind of get used to it, is it not that bad? Is there is there more generic tools? Like, like yeah, okay, you run up on them with three squads and you bolt them. Yeah. I'd be very surprised to hear that, but that's pretty interesting. It's like I'm I'm listening to like some old timey player that's gonna be like, "What you guys haven't been running the scouts at them? Just like what the hell? And not snipers, the shotgun scouts, <laughs> the shotgun scouts, the good Whoa. scouts. Whoa! Just infiltrate on them with the shotguns. Once they're in combat, they can't shoot. So you just said you just you. Oh just, man! Could you imagine? You just outflank five squads of scouts. On You're gonna lose a couple of them. But what's what's rolling up on them with the not the close combat scouts? Oh man! I sit them out like a bunch of spider monkeys. <laughs> I guess that is like if you just send because they can only well, target you, one unit. You so infiltrate you, them up. You uh, put them outside of the line of sight so they can't shoot you. <laughs> it's just just wait your turn one because you can't charge, and then you pop out and just spook them. If there were more points, like I would see that justifiable, but they're not more points, and that's what kind of sucks <laughs> about it. Like if there were like a five hundred point unit that somebody was running, and I could dedicate five hundred points to go combat it, and I dedicate five hundred points of five man scout squads against them, 
Sign me up. <laughs> Man, if you didn't need line of sight to charge, but you needed it to Overwatch, that'd be something. That'd be something great. It's like, oh, you're up on elevation? Cool. I'm under you. You can't see me. I always thought about running a Thunderhawk gunship against them and then flying the Thunderhawk on them and then using the assault ramp to run out. But they would definitely kill a Thunderhawk. There's like no doubt in my mind that they'd murder a Thunderhawk. Well, you drop the bombs when you do that. Take oh, the bomb cluster. They'll fire back. <laughs> it's not the that's in the movement phase. The bomb cluster? I actually don't know. I've never used the macro bomb cluster. No, it's a weapon. Don't they have to like do it over something they moved over? No, 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 no. Am I stupid? Probably. Let's see. Definitely not. You're probably definitely right. No. I don't I don't even know what category it would be under. Is it under missiles? Is it under artillery? Is it under like weird stuff? It's macro gotta, bomb cluster, range zero. It's a bomb. It's its own weapon type under bomb. So let me go back to the core rules here and go to the shooting phase. That explains, that's just how little I've seen Thunderhawks, even in like the big apocalypse games. I like they fly on, they shoot the laser, and that's about all they do. Interesting. Did you find an answer? <laughs> you just got to go have a Thunderhawk gunship? <laughs> the answer is to spend 750 points and like $2,000 on a Thunderhawk gunship. I mean, I I could be I could be just completely silly right now. It wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if it's in the shooting phase and it has to be over a specific unit that you moved over. Let's see, weapon types. I'm getting pretty close. Ordnance, heavy assault. Rapid fire bombs. Bombs are unique weapon types of flyers. They have the one use special rule. They must be used in the movement phase of their turn. Oh my god! Here's an answer. And a special kind of attack called a bombing run. A <laughs> only like that, that bomb. old guy's like, "You ain't bombing those nerdy <laughs> support squads." <laughs> who, who says the Marauder sucks now? <laughs> okay, okay. So if you just take your flyer, right? You're still tanking the the interceptor fire, which sucks, which but. Take your lumps. But they're snap firing. They're snap firing. The Thunderhawk's probably going to be okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you get one shot with the bomb. It's only AP4, and it doesn't have rending. Okay. <laughs> but it is strength 8, and it is the apocalyptic barrage 6. So they're not getting their feel no pains. Right. They <laughs> are re-rolling their armor saves. God dang it. God dang it. <laughs> <laughs> they are getting their artifice but, armor. But you are getting like hella hits on them though. Because you drop, that's the clover. Yeah. And then you roll dice to see which part of the clover it hit, each one hits and you get six rolls. Mm. I mean, I'm not saying that like... I'm not saying it's good. It's something. If you do it to your opponent and they're like, wait, I don't get to fire back. You go, hell no, you don't get to fire back. This is movement phase, boy. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not going to shoot at you with my last cannons. And then you have to be in hover mode to actually let your dude assault, right? Yeah, you can't. You cannot disembark unless it's in hover mode. Oh, rough. I don't know. So, so the next turn, because they're going to be snap firing at you. The next turn in your movement phase, you drop you, into you hover. switch to hover. Don't shoot at that squad. Let your boys out to come beat their ass. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's the old, the old rope of dope. You just pepper them a little bit with the macro bomb cluster. <laughs> just to soften them up. Hope hope they don't make any of their re-rolling three-ups. Dude, what's <laughs> funny is they go from flying to hover mode. And, like, in my mind, like, 
the last cannon squad is like snap firing at them. And then all of a sudden the Thunderhawk just hits its brakes and stops. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> and then just starts lowering. Like, wait, is that thing, is it going to hover? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Did they just shoot at us? Wait, wait, wait. You just see it just slowly lowering down while its front door's opening. <laughs> it's it's got a door in the back. Oh, well, it's got both. Yeah. You can charge out of the back door. Does it have a back door? I'm pretty sure it does. I thought it's got a front door and two side doors. I thought it had like a little back ramp. Does it have a back ramp? Are you thinking of... Dude. I might be thinking of the Stormbird. Yeah, you're thinking about the Stormbird. The big ramp, the big back uh, I might ramp. be confusing because the Stormbird has it and the uh, Storm Eagle also has it. Okay, hold on. Let's look this up. This I is, think that is what's confusing me. I think it is the, the Storm Eagle. Okay, everybody. I just want you all to know this is how me and Derek talk. Yeah, like this, this is this is no longer yeah. like the episode we've officially moved past into like just me and Derek hanging hang, out at this yeah. point because this is how and that dude hey that is what people are here for all right <laughs> this is how uh, this we, we are there chilling on the couch with the listener and we're all just hanging out that's what we're is what we're doing here okay so all right so he's got the Forge World the three sixty yeah you right where the yeah okay they, well no that, there's a that's a little ramp right there. Yeah, that's in the middle. That's that dreadnought ramp because it can carry a dreadnought. Yeah, it is. So it's got the side doors and then the front ramp. <laughs> so I know we're we're getting into the weeds here. Did you know that a Thunderhawk transport can carry a Charybdis? Yes, it's the the, <laughs> and that Charybdis can carry something, and so essentially you can do the Turducken. A, some yeah, it's wild. <laughs> it can also carry two, uh, two Zyphons. Yeah. Which Lord knows how two that storm happens. Storm Eagles, two Fire Raptors. <laughs> yeah. What's crazy is it can carry a Charybdis. And then, like, because uh, the Charybdis is not assault, right? I think it is assault. It's, okay. the, o- it's the only assault drop pod right now. Okay. So, yeah. So, y- because this is also an assault vehicle, the question becomes is like. Can I charge out of a transport that disembarked from a transport? Because the I don't think the transport is assault. Yeah. There's no rules for it. Like, it, it truly is. They they really just stitching this out here together and just making it work. I, I think the transport's also assault. Maybe it is. I'm, yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty sure the transport's assault because that, that's one of the questions that came up was like, can I drop a Spartan? The Spartan moves and then like, I fly in, drop a Spartan. Spartan moves forward and then I charge out of that. Like, is that still assault? Like, how fast did it move? Like, that's an insane amount of movement <laughs> in one turn. Uh, I know I couldn't do that. A space marine probably could. That yeah, was in probably one of the books. That's probably an answer. Kill a heavy sports squad if we're talking real, like oh. right now. Yeah, Thunderhawk transporter show enough assault vehicle. Yeah. So if, if everything you, involved is an assault vehicle, I should be good, right? <laughs> so like, if you're talking about a last cannon squad that's been a problem, you can print up a Thunderhawk transport. That's the only casual. way to get it, and then put your Spartan under it. And then you move up, what is it, 20 inches, 20-something inches? Oh, it's, it's far. Yeah, 18 yes. is the minimum. So that's your movement in hover mode. So you come on in hover mode, Yeah, right? Which is kind of dangerous, but it is what it is. You're nine hull points. You'll be okay. Yeah, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt, but you might be all right. And even if they do kill you, you still the, have the a strength eight hit. Uh, oh, you do have a flare shield, right? Or no, you have a, a yeah, flare shield on front, right? Nope. Nope, 12, 12, 12. Oh. No flare shield. And then the... No void shields. No, no, this, no, this has the void shield. Huh? 
The doesn't the Thunderhawk have a void shield? I know the Stormbird does. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So you're not dying. Still, if they if they destroy it, then the the hit goes to the Spartan. The Spartan takes a strength eight hit, and then it falls out of the sky. Like yeah. It 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 throws off its Thunderhawk. Transport. It's a strength ten hit if you come in as a flyer. Yeah, so no, so you're coming in hover mode. You're flying, you're flying, you're flying. They blow up the Thunderhawk. You drop off. And yep. It's like like in the most dope way possible. Just, just like in the Dark Knight. Yeah, exactly. Just like the Dark Knight. <laughs> yeah, and then it hits the ground. You're peeling off in the dirt, still moving forward nonstop. Your treads are treads are full tilt before you hit the ground. Yeah, what's the fastest transport? So I'm guessing the Spartan's pretty quick. You might not even need a Spartan for that. Well, yeah, I guess if well, you're going to disembark, dudes. you have to move like half move, which I think for most tanks is six inches. Okay, so you move six inches. So you're coming in 18, you move six inches. That's 24 inches and from your table edge. And that's, mm, that's not so great. 24 plus the units movement, which if your Space Wolves is like 11. Yeah. I mean, you could you can, you can get up there. You're putting a lot of... You're probably better off just bombing them and then hovering. <laughs> like it doesn't seem like the it doesn't seem like the best case song. How wild would it be if that just is the answer? It's just oh yeah, you just use bombs. And that's James Workshop's like reaction. It's like yeah, just bomb them. You'd be all right. Well, you you don't think when we put the Marauder bomber in Legends because we didn't know that last cans were a thing? <laughs> oh, what? And then it becomes a question, can you make a bombing run when you come in from reserves? Yeah, why not? It says to make a bombing run, a flyer must be zooming, move the model. You move the model, so you have to declare the bombing run. Oh, you're talking about deep striking? No, I'm saying like coming in from reserves. It says, okay, you, to make a bombing run, it must be zooming. You move the model that is making the bombing run. Right. When you come in from reserves, you move onto the table. I suppose I, it's unclear if you can just do this anytime you move. If it's only a normal move, can I do this with a movement phase reaction? Can I do this? Oh, it's it's. I'm not saying you should be able to do that. I'm just saying it's unclear. So what you're saying is, if you park a Thunderhawk next to That's specifically not what I'm saying, if you park a Thunderhawk next to a unit of heavy support squads Actually, with last cannons, you can't do a movement phase reaction if you're zooming. A zooming flyer can only evade. Can you bomb in hover mode? Uh, a flyer must be zooming to make. Oh, bombing. okay. Never mind. Okay, so yeah. So never mind. Uncheck that question. Yeah. Uh, it scatters one d six inches for the bomb. That's not bad. That ain't bad. Especially when you're talking about the macro cluster. Yeah. I mean, I wish the AP on it wasn't modern template AP. I guess my question is for that one, because it is a clover, right? Yes. Do you get to pick the orientation of the clover? I don't see why not. Because it seems like you'd be smarter to have it, like, corner to corner. Diagonally? Yeah, diagonal on them? Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. That's one of those things that I don't know because it's never come up. <laughs> I've never I've had anybody need to use the clover template on me. They and if like they have, I assume it. they know what they're doing. <laughs> I think they, I guess they forgot they left it on one of them because every other gun that used it, like the Titan Gatling cannons, stuff like that, is just a big template for one shot. Man, 
Why can't they just give us six shots? <laughs> six <laughs> shots of massive yeah, you, blast. You, you scatter the template and then you roll the dice to see what you hit. Yeah. I don't know. Either way, those well, are yeah. your fun answers for that. You could always unleash a bunch of, like, come in with a Thunderhawk that's holding uh, some dreadnoughts in it. I think you can roll in the Thunderhawk, tra- in the Thunderhawk transport. I think it's like three dreadnoughts in it or something like that. Something crazy. In his vehicle bay. And you just sling them out there. <laughs> just go to town with them. Something crazy. Just assaults that turn. <laughs> it's the old dreadnought railgun. Yeah. Well, so uh, if there's something that you thought of that we haven't, like I said, 361-265-8658. Are we going to have a channel put up in the Discord like we did for the Assault Marines? Yes, I will make it right now. Hell yeah. And that's warhammerdiscord.com for the RFI slash RFC Discord server. Thank you. Yeah. And if you aren't aware, there is now a sister podcast, Radio Free Fan, called Radio Free Cadia where we help new Warhammer 40K players uh, learn the game. Hell yeah. And you guys have been doing a great job. Uh, I didn't know anything about 40K until I started listening to Radio Free Cadia. <laughs> Love to hear it. <laughs> this week we talked about... Well, specifically the 10th edition. I, I did know plenty about 4th and 5th editions. And a little <laughs> bit about 7th. Well, this next episode we talked about target priority and what you should be targeting and what you should ignore. Hell yeah. So y'all have a good one, guys. Thanks for listening. Thank you.